sometimes the charm where niche is neat. I'm your producer, Ben, your director, Matt, and our star, Monty, will follow. Um, so I got married. It was pretty awesome. Uh, due to scheduling uh, concerns, I did not record with Matt and Monty today. I do not know what they talked about. I have not edited it yet at time of recording. I have only seen that it's about two hours long. I have no idea what to expect, but they probably talked about movies. So you have that to look forward to. Because we have a two-hour podcast ahead, I don't want to take too much time. I did want to say a few things before we start. One, my wife's pretty awesome. Uh, two, I want to thank all the people who listen who did uh, go to the wedding. Uh, you all were great. Uh, went as, as well as I could have expected it to. Um, I'd also like to thank Matt in particular for being a wonderful best man and having a truly wonderful uh, speech at the reception. Uh, I will always remember that, and I appreciate you and everything you've done for me. Um, I spent the last five days or so in beautiful Julian, California, which is about an hour outside of San Diego. There's nothing there. It's an old mining town. They have like three wineries and four cideries. So we just went there and we drank and we sat and we watched grass grow. And it was the most relaxing thing in the history of life. We watched AEW Dynamite Grand Slam where Chris Jericho became an eight-time world champion. What's there to hate about that? We slept at the uh, Butterfield Bed and Breakfast, which is a wonderful place. It, it's it's like being transported to a Disney movie. Uh, we, the, we stayed in the Apple Cottage, I think it is. But it's just like this little tiny lodge. I, I mean, you know, it has all the rounded walls and everything. Everything's all curvy and animated looking. Really great. Um, I, so... I don't want to take too much time, but I did want to share two anecdotes. The first, my top three restaurants in Julian as of this moment. Uh, number three, Julian Beer Company. They have pizza that looks amazing and just does not taste that good. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's the cheese. Maybe it's the sauce. But, like, something's not right because it looks delightful. But... They have really good uh, barbecue. Well, they have they have really good wings. Their wings are like killer. I don't know how that happened. Their barbecue solid. All in all, good. Number two, Quecho Mexican cuisine. I don't know if there is anyone of Latino descent that lives in Julian, but the food was very good, um, and. The rice was delightful. And that's how I judge my Mexican restaurants, is how good the rice is. And the best restaurant in Julian is the Miner's Diner restaurant that still, I checked, has the best chili cheese fries I've ever had. 
you can make your own sodas there. They have like 12 different flavors. It's it's like an old school soda shop and diner. You can make all sorts of floats. I, I highly recommend the vanilla soda. Um, just, just great stuff. I wish I could go back. Um, the other anecdote is while my beautiful wife and I were out there, we took some time because our bed and breakfast had a litany of VHSs and DVDs. We checked out this 50 movie horror collection. And one of the movies uh, is 1932's White Zombie, which is the movie generally considered to be the first zombie movie ever. The people aren't necessarily undead zombies, but a voodoo curse has been put on them by a white guy. I, I, like, it, like, it's a product of the 30s. You know, um, all the black people in the movie are either, like, incompetent or they're slaves, or they're, they're wild men. I, it, that part did not age well, I just gotta say. Uh, outside of that, the movie's pretty fun, uh, especially because we watched some of the other movies in that collection, and man, Bella Lugosi, he went through a lot of shit on his own i mean some of the movies he's in it's like he is sleepwalking through it and i don't blame him because you know a bad movie in the 30s and 40s isn't like a bad movie now a bad movie now at least has a plot this is just scenes of like people running back and forth i mean in genuinely incomprehensible movies and it's not incomprehensible because i was two bottles of wine in but White Zombie itself was interesting for how it originated the zombie idea in cinema. No one really has a lot of makeup on. They're just pale skinned with like rings under their eyes, I guess. Um, honestly, in many ways, it feels very similar to Mr. Vampire. I'd love to hear Monty's thoughts on it. Um, the movie has a bizarre ending where these people who are theoretically still alive are just sent careening off the side of a mountain and we're expected to treat that like it's okay. Uh, it's a very quirky movie. Bits of it haven't aged well, but largely if you are able to see it, I'd recommend it, especially if you're a horror fan. Um, I'm still loving life and next week we're going to celebrate my marriage one more go round where we talk about the history of weddings and pro wrestling trust me this is actually genuinely worth it also i have no idea if matt and monty did a code um our two biggest fans of course are mason and brennan if you would like to be our biggest fan please screen cap a review you've taken of us on uh soundcloud spotify itunes send it to us a screen cap on our instagram handle which is in the description and we will uh, make you our biggest fan on top of that for 
our upcoming wrestling episode, there is going to be an actual giveaway. So from this episode until through next episode, until the episode after, if you screen cap us a review, a five-star review of our show, you screen cap and send it to us, you're going to get a free action figure, a free pro wrestling action figure. So if you're not a wrestling fan, it's something free. Don't you want it? Yeah, of course I know you do. So be your biggest fan, win an action figure, and be immortalized in the fourth time's the charm. Fan of fame, Hall of Fans, the Hall of Fans. And so now I am going to strap in next to you and we are going to find out just what in the hell Matt and Monty talked about for two hours. I have to edit this. Please pray for me. Oh, I gotta do this. <clears throat> Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, the podcast where niche is neat. I am joined by our special guest who has been promoted to first AD um, today. I am joined by Monty. I am Matt, your director. Yes, that's the producer. Uh, Today we're bringing you an extra special episode. As you can tell, you are not greeted by the sultry tones of Sir Benjamin because he is busy. And he just got married, so you know <laughs> yeah. he 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 gets a week. He gets a week. Um, but today we're bringing you the triple M. We're bringing you Monty. We're bringing you Matt, and we're bringing you movies. Because Ben a good one. <laughs> ben, ben doesn't necessarily get to watch too many modern cinemas. He 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 typically is watching movies with us on the weekend and not going out. But Monty and I both really enjoy to keep up to date. And in the know with what's going on in modern cinema. So today on Triple M, we wanted to talk to you about our top five movies of the year and just where the the movie industry is right now. Coming out of the pandemic, we saw one of the most dramatic shifts to the cinematic field that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Um, not since the 2000s writer's strike has a bigger shakeup happened in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and we're finally at a point where theaters are back. They're thriving, but movies aren't really coming out at the same pace. The Reddit artificially inflated the price of AMC stock and the world's a different place. But I want to start off by asking you a question, Monty. All right. What has 2022 been like for you in regards to film? It's, you know what? I agree. It's like, it's been very slow. And some of the films I noticed, like, that are filmed during the pandemic um, <clears throat> are like pretty much, it seems very B movie ish. If you know what I mean, yeah. the style of shooting and the sets and how, you know, whenever there's a dialogue, you can, it, it it's like you're there on set that like, there's like only probably like most three, four yeah. people in the room when they shoot those right, scenes. Yeah. But when they, when the final product, they make it, they try to make, there you know, make it seem like you know the illusion that it's all every you know it's all regular movie filmmaking yeah. but there's that, know, that that little sense i i get whenever i watch them. yeah you know you know it's weird you hearing you say that i this is like not like a a, a prepared yeah. thought yeah um hearing you say that makes me think about how you know how culture is like reciprocal how like fashion you know, like the, what people were wearing in the 80s kind of came back into fashion. What people were wearing in the 90s comes back into fashion. Yeah. You know how it's, it just cycles. Now, 
I'm looking at the films. I'm looking at my top five and I'm looking at all of the films that I've loved this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're back in like the mid to late 70s. Yeah. Like like it's sort of B, but like it's not the it's not the early 70s or the late 60s where it's like exploitative. It's on the end of it where it's like reflective of that kind of style, mm-hmm. but done in like a tasteful and like actually manicured fashion. Yeah, and, and, like, and the stories that are coming out are like pretty good. It's it's like yeah. it's different. Got, it's different. It's, yeah, yeah. And the seventies was a different time too. Exactly, because yeah. film like really got expressed in these more intense ways. And yeah, looking at the films that we're getting here, it's we're also entering into a point now where in fantasy and in film and in horror it's easy to realize things that are truly alien yes and we're really really getting movies that are now like pushing the boundaries of like reality and and to your you know what to your point when you mentioned this like kind of like we're the 70s 80s or 90s like that that area like you know filmmaking is is uh, a visual you know to you and I is like visual yeah. storytelling and it's kind oh, of great. Yeah. It's really good to see like, like these, the films that have come out are like pretty original stories. It's not like, yeah. a, remember that before pre pandemic is like, let's remake this. It's a remake of that. It's a, it's yeah, this, you know, it's yeah. that. Yeah. It's like now you're right. You're, they're digging through the scripts. They're finding these stories and they're saying, you know what, due to the pandemic and our budget is tight and yeah. limited resources let's let's, let's trust. tell a story let's see what we can do i'm i'm looking at all of the films i pulled up to talk about today yeah. Yeah. and i think only one of them is not an original ip which i don't think in any other year of film for the last let's say like 15 years i really would have been able to say like i know i think all none of these are like even based on old books yeah like all of these are new and yeah. original yeah. except for one of them and it's like the w- only one that exists in that category. And even then, the the one that I'm going to talk about is kind of unique in of itself. So you're right. It really is like a – we're in a beautiful place yes. when it comes to IP. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? The best production company that has been doing that has been killing it this far. Uh, so far in this year is – I have to say it's A24, and I know you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been telling like – they've been pulling stories out of – everywhere you know and it's really really good and i'm and happy and that they're doing really well this year too so yeah me too I, and they're doing there's so much you know being made online to this day still too for free mm-hmm. like you know like we're going to talk about studio films and like primarily not sm- mini indies mm-hmm. you know these are all like major films but for every hour of content we're talking about, there's another hour of free content up on YouTube that might be just as, you know, maybe not, maybe not have the production value, but the quality and like the, the message um, that some of these, these long form cinema films we're going to talk about have. Yeah. Um, But one thing before we get to our top five that I want to talk about (laughs) is looking at the rest of 2022 and, and into next year, have there been any trailers or any like big events in film that have really like stuck with you or stand out to you? Recently, you know what? Have you seen the Hellraiser? Oh trailer? my fucking god! Okay. Okay, well, I, I I gotta hear your thoughts on it first. Yeah. Okay, so all right, I'm a 
Ben and I have talked about this extensively because he doesn't love the Hellraiser movies. What? I yeah, right. He thinks the first one's good, and he kind of likes the other ones. I'm. I don't think many. I think you know Hellraiser one is a perfect film. Hellraiser two is kind of the same movie, but it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Hell Hellraiser three Hell on Earth is like the real sequel. And is a really fun movie. They actually evolved the Cenobites and made them interesting. Yeah. And then Hell from Hell Secret, well, from uh, Bloodline was the last good Hellraiser movie we've had. Yeah, I would say it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. 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 It. It's downhill after that. So. Yeah, Yeah, they're downhill after that, and we had, I think, how many more? Is it nine? I've. I've. I'll be honest. I stopped after. I think the yeah I think I did stop was wait which one was the one where they're in space? Oh well that's that's four that's that's Hellraiser oh, Bloodlines that was Bloodlines right yeah, yeah I think yeah, I that's... stopped after that because I was kind of disappointed like one and two agree totally agree with you it's it's it, it really ties the story up really well um, but I don't know if you recall how it how two ended um, it seems like it was supposed to just be done with that and it looks like the studios just kept on wanting to milk milk this cash cow right so yeah so what so what what happens in the hellraiser franchise and this is important to why i'm nervous uh, why why my opinions about the modern hellraiser trailer is relevant uh so you know it's it's based on hellborn hard by clive barker but that's a whole other fucking story um hey yeah so hellraiser one through three um are all original scripts Mm -hmm. so each of those is originally a hellraiser script they were written to be Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. From he- Hellraiser four was half of a original Hellraiser script and half of a different movie. In both, uh, and that's ninety six. So now Hellraiser Inferno, Hellraiser Hellseeker, Hellraiser Debtor, Hellraiser, and Hellraiser Hellworld Dead. were all <laughs> Debtor is a fucking weird movie. Yeah, okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Inferno is I don't remember like anything from. Um, Hellseeker is is in the same line as Deader, uh, where it's like a they kept taking like weird shitty noir movies that had bad scripts, mm-hmm. and then putting Hellraiser in them because that's the oh. plot of Hellseekers and Deader. Hellworld is one where there's like a Hellraiser video game, and Hellraiser. And the cube, the um, the configuration has entered into the digital world. I think um, I saw and something. And that's like called that. Hell World. That one's the last. That one goes into so bad it's good territory, um, because it gets to the point where we have um, like Freddy's Dead level of like fuckery going Wait, on. Is that the one where they actually recast Pinhead? No, not no, yet. Right? Not yet. Okay. okay. So that was the last one with Doug Bradley, the original yes. Pinhead. Yes. He is the face of Pinhead in all on all existing media besides the two remake films. He Doug Bradley and his aesthetic for Pinhead is Pinhead. Even in the Clive Barker penned comic books mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about after we talk well when I talk about the trailer, um he Doug Bradley is the aesthetic. You know which what? Is awesome. I, I also want to mention he is the sweetest guy I've met at a, really? at a convention. He is so nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I love. I love that. that 
He also does a ton of voice acting work for Audible. Yeah, he has that's a whole horror, horror babble oh, thing that this, he does on Audible. The man has a beautiful voice too. To, yeah, and, and, and you and I are big audio bowl yeah. fanatics. So yeah, and he's yeah he's a primo uh, uh, reader. Hey, quick editor's note: Matt missed the greatest thing Doug Bradley ever did outside of the Hellraiser franchise. Maybe even more important, where he was the head evil authority figure in the ill-fated indie wrestling promotion Blackcraft Wrestling where he was murdered live on stage that is Doug Bradley's legacy now unfortunately in 2011 and 2018 we had two different remakes of uh the Hellraiser franchise which I'm 98% sure was just to keep the rights to the film. I know that's why the 2011 one was made. That's true. Um, that is because true. Because the rights yeah. were going to expire, and so they made a movie for $300,000. Yeah. It is god-awful. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor who plays Hellraiser looks like he's wearing a Halloween costume. And yeah. he's, like, chubby and weird-looking. And, like, Hellraiser doesn't need to be skinny, but, like, he doesn't need to look like shit. um and that's hellraiser revelation hellraiser judgment was the 2018 one and that was like a mild return to form but it still wasn't very good i remember pretty much nothing from it and never wanted to rewatch it again which is says a lot because i've rewatched hellraiser debtor about three times wait 20 2018 was the last last one right yeah it was the last one hellraiser judgment now I, I I certainly assume this this new film is is again another complete restart because mm-hmm. um, it's being made by Hulu, and so I you know it, the trailer is only two minutes long. I'm just gonna go through the trailer. All right, all right. So we got classic Hellraiser font at the beginning of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, Spyglass is making it. That's acceptable. And we open on the configuration um, and the Lambic configuration, and it looks a little weird. So I, I'm a little, I'm already a little concerned because they're showing the Lambic configuration partially opened. It looks like um, a, a dog chew toy. You know what I it mean? Does. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Right? But you, and, you know what? You, I, 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 it did leave me when I first saw that, I was just like, really? What happened to the cube? Uh, yeah, but like, the thing I, is, I, I, I have the cube above my desk in I, lamp form. I respect and... that they try to do, they're trying to do something right. different, right? And, and I, I respect that. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll give them credit for mm-hmm. trying to like update the film and make it look fresh. And you know, there might be like rights issues. Maybe it couldn't look exactly like the original. Could be. Um, Could be. And at, and at this point, I'm not upset by this trailer necessarily. Um, I do think it is kind of funny and a reflection on modern day that they made the puzzle solving guy opening the cube into some, like a like a douchebag looking guy yeah. instead yeah. of like how grimy and like deep down the path everyone was in the other films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get classic, we get you know blood soaking in the cube, screams of pain, ooey ooey spooky spooky. And up to up to about the like minute mark in where we get the reveal yeah. of our of the Cenobites and Penhead. I know and now I am not bothered by the fact that's a female female Penhead in the in the original in the canon um, you, you comics written by it, Clive Barker. There is a woman who supplants the original Penhead. 
Right, but let's, uh, I believe the actress, yeah, she identifies as she, but if you look oh. into her, yeah. 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 Is it they? Uh, she's part of the community, which I respect, uh, the LGBTQ community. And you know what? I don't even want to get into that too much, but I have to say she looks amazing. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. So much better than the other one. Yeah. And, and her voice and everything is just perfect. Uh, as a reboot, it's perfect. Can't beat Doug Bradley. Obviously he's a legend. But yeah, yeah no, it, it brings that illusion back. It brings it all back, man. And that's yeah, like, the, our, you know, it's freaking amazing. I'm so excited. Though. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm excited for how it looks. Mm-hmm. Now, the rest of the trailer leaves me with some trepidation. Mm. Because, and it's, this is like very nerdy. Um, okay, okay. Aspect of it. It. It feels like they're missing the point of the Cenobites. Now, canonically speaking, mm-hmm. um, and even in the original film, the Cenobites are not demons. Yeah. Um, they are like, bas- basically the easiest way to explain it is uh, the Cenobites and Penhead run a specific portion of hell mm-hmm. that is designed for those who seek masochistic pleasure Yes. And are guilty of sins related to it. Right. Yes. The yeah. presentation of not the of the aesthetic is that, but the presentation of the characters and the dialogue delivered during the trailer mm-hmm. makes me think and gives me the feeling that they're just gonna make them demons because they they have the line feed it. I'm gonna feed it their blood, their pain. Mm-hmm. All for us, and I was always under the impression that they're supposed the Cenobites are supposed to be like kind of like angels. They are. They're neutral. They're They're divine. They're divine creatures, technically. Like, like, and 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 forgive me. I know you're probably bigger on the 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 Hellraiser lores and and stuff like that. So I'm just going based on the movies I watched since I was a kid. So yeah. But even even in that you get this you get the idea that they're like they're not like malevolent they're they're just doing their job in a yes. sense. Yes, and, and, and it's it's all based on you know their verbal air quotes contract, right? So yeah, 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 and it's about pl- and like and and Clive Barker in his design of the Cenobites and the design of this character is inherently linked to like sexuality. And like who you are as like a sexual being and like, and the connection between sin and pleasure and pain and pleasure. And that seems like they kind of, that's been stripped out of this movie. Now, do I think that could, that will ruin the movie? Not necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it makes me very nervous that, you know, I hope it's like prey. That's what I want, but it makes me very nervous that Hulu doesn't really understand the product they have, but they understand, you know, they understand the villain with pins in their head. They come out of a box. That's also a puzzle and there's chains and a lot of blood. Like yeah. it feels like that's what they got. And they didn't get like what makes to me Hellraiser more than just like a slasher villain. And, and this is the reason why I say I like the first two a lot is because those are the ones that they yeah. were not portrayed. It's like you said, they were not portrayed 
as evil, like in the yeah. in the the rest of the franchise go. They just made them like another uh, another Freddy, another Jason, another yeah. Mike Myers. Like they they just used that to carry it. But the thing is, yeah, from from the story I got through the first two films, are like they're there to you know. Like you said, sex, pleasure, pain, and all that. But yeah. they're also it's like, there. It's to, like, oh, what pleasures will I show you? Yes, you know? and and they're there to like also serve a little their justice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're 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 providing like divine judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're you know they're kind of like princes or like leaders of a section of hell and that have a domain over the type of sin they deal in yeah and any, anyone <laughs> yeah there is well in the comics there actually is oh, which is really fucking okay. awesome there is like so you know how and i think in hellraiser 2 they go into the hell labyrinth world and they kill leviathan the dude yes. who like tries to take over yes. yeah in the comic that's like a whole big part of the the world of hellraiser where those are like different aspects of hell and those are different leaders of the different sections of hell and there's like a war where like leviathan tries to invade earth and kill everybody and and the new um hellraiser has to like take over um for penhead who is also trying to like not lose control Oh, and take okay. and like has to like go on this like epic battle for hell um and she's like the daughter of penhead who's the uh who in the franchise is like an is like a world war ii soldier yes who became obsessed with the, the uh, puzzle box the, yeah the puzzle yeah. box and like seeks <clears throat> pleasure and pain yes yeah hey you so, know what hey. you can't you can't yuck someone's yum <laughs> so. yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> but i'm i'm nervous that's all to say is i'm a little bit nervous nah well you know but, what it's only only time will tell i mean it's coming out i think after this recording comes out i think it's like a week yeah. right so yeah, it's coming out it's coming you know out, it comes out ne- not this friday but the friday we'll we're, we will review it yeah extensively yes yes <laughs> i'm on board with that so whether it's so, good or bad there will be a lot of conversation so yeah what about you any trailers or so, movie news that you've discovered well we we are we talked about brendan fraser and the love he's getting oh and, the but whale. there was there is one piece of news that just hit so this is up to the date mm-hmm. you know when the, when this episode comes out this news will only be a few days old okay is that ryan reynolds released the first teaser tra- slash trailer on twitter for deadpool 3 and on twitter eh on oh, Twitter, wow. so so this starts out with with Ryan Reynolds talking about how, you know, being the first MCU movie, he doesn't say that directly, but like being the first one of these, he really needs to make sure he does this right. You know, he's been toiling over it, spending all the time trying to come up with ideas, and he hasn't been able to come up with anything. Hey man, like they're under the Disney roof now, yeah. So it's, it but, could tie into the. And I recall Disney said they're they're gonna let uh deadpool play out they're not gonna the mouse yeah. is not gonna you know make it and so and i, friendly and I think and stuff, so i think i think the one thing the mouse is doing is giving a lot of money because guess who is revealed in this tra- in this trailer to be in deadpool 3 cable is coming back hugh jackman is reprising his role as no Wolverine way are you for serious deadpool 3. Oh, yeah he's in nice. he's in the teaser 
Okay. And all you hear is Ryan, Ryan Reynolds like sitting in his house like he does for all of his Twitter mm-hmm. videos. And he goes, hey, Hugh, what about, uh, you know, oh, he goes, I, I did have one idea. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, Wolverine and Deadpool had one last, one last ride together. And he goes, hey, Hugh, do you want to <laughs> recreate your role in Deadpool? And uh, you want to, we want to return as Wolverine just one last time. And he goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's actually Hugh Jackman who then retweeted it and confirmed it on his own Twitter. Oh, oh, and, wow. and it was announced for September 6th, 2023. Dude, I got to go change. I got to change my underwear right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. He's going to he's going to don the claws one, one last, last, last time. time. One last, last with Deadpool. Time. All right. Yeah, one final, final time. And I, I will say one of my favorite uh, internet uh, content reviewers and YouTubers is a guy named Dan Merle. Mm-hmm. Shout out. And he made a, he made a, yeah, big shout out. Uh, he made a very good point of talking about how some discourse immediately erupted on, especially on Twitter, because it's a toxic cesspool, um, immediately uh, showed up and said that, you know, oh, this is going to ruin the legacy of Logan, of of Wolverine and Hugh Jackman's send off to his character. And he made the point of it's Deadpool. It's sh- he could be anybody. It's the multiverse. Yes. Like this is meant to have fun. This is meant to poke a joke. This is meant to not be something taken overly seriously. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that people don't like get to the point where they're like sh- shitting on or poo-pooing the the idea of Deadpool 3 and Hugh Jackman coming back because of the legacy of Hugh Jackman. I think this solidifies his legacy that much more as well. But you, you know what? It, it's it's for the comic book fans, and they do have a really good chemistry in the comic books. Now, oh, yeah. I, He's obsessed I, with them. I really hope they do justice with this one. And, and you I know what? Too. It's it's Ryan, and you know he he's... He's a huge comic book geek as well. He's not. He's, he can't fuck it up at this. He, point. I, I hope really he hope doesn't. He can't. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. The fact that Deadpool two was good is a testament. Yes. <laughs> to Ryan Reynolds' dedication to uh to this character. Yeah, but holy crap! Yeah, you know what? I have to say, the mouse is definitely. You know what they they they, they are um. They're doing a lot of things that are catching us off guard. Yeah. Like, for example, let's not forget this year, Spider-Man, No yeah. Way Home. They actually made it, you know, made it happen. And I think that's what also influenced this. Because that one, they brought back all the classic guys, like the Tobey Maguire and, and the other guy. Well, Disney, Disney proved they were willing to shell out for <clears throat> talent to get them as part of the MCU. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Right, you know, they they weren't gonna let those characters, you know, get out of the the MCU. I think, and I, and it it, it proves to the credit of uh of of the MCU for understanding the the game enough to realize they needed to. Yeah. Um, but that that brings it us to an end of a lot of the big news that going into this, looking forward. Mm-hmm. Now let's take our let's take our nostalgia glasses on. Okay. Let's go back and we're going to talk about our top five films of 2022. All right. um, and bef- right before we right before we jump into the uh, our number five, do you have any honorable mentions, any movies that barely made didn't make it onto your list? Because I have I have three. 
barely. Ugh. Yeah, like didn't make it, but like might be in a like might make it on your list into a top ten or like a top twenty if we had to. Oh man, um, it's so hard to choose because like we were talking about earlier, it's like there's so many good stories and yeah, I I'm gonna have to say. I'm on the fence of putting Nope Ooh, or okay. Bullet Train, Brad Pitt. Um, okay. Those two films in my top five. I, I'm well, still trying to figure out which one. I know like we, we talked about it in our green room, mm-hmm. but I'm still trying to decide which one I would say I enjoyed yeah, in- the most. In 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 reflection, making this list, like Nope was one of the first movies that I thought of. Yeah. But when I when I think back to like, really how excited I am to think about and go see that movie again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it it doesn't kind of like make me itch in that way, which is kind of how I I I when I was looking at all of the movies I loved this year, yeah, the ones that when I saw their IMDb or their Rotten Tomatoes page, and I went, ooh, I gotta watch that again. Those yeah. those five movies that got that immediate reaction to me are what made it into my top five, and Nope did not. Yeah. Nope, Nope, Nope is probably my like firmest honorable mention because it's really good. Yes, but like it's just really good. It, it brought that, you know yeah. what I have to say. Nope brought back a lot of genres, and that was oh, and, and we talked about it in the past, like in our previous episodes. Um, yeah, it did bring back a lot of elements from the. The classic, and I know I understand yeah. that's what Jordan Peele wanted. He wanted to bring some of the classic storytelling back, and and I yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna say that he did it super well, but maybe not as well as some other directors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that and speaking of films that bring something back, but do it in a way that is truly captivating and enticing in a way that doesn't feel performative, kind of yes. like how Nope did at times. Mm-hmm. Was my number five from oh. Ty West mm. X? Oh my um, gosh! You know X, what? I have X to is watch Ty that. West. Yeah. yeah, X was Ty West's return to horror and to like really kind of like big major cinema since like 2009 and 2012 when he did House of the Devil and VHS. Um, he's done a lot of TV and a lot of small films since that. And he's come back with this triple header of X, Pearl, and Maxine. And the first film in that story, in that series, was X, a story about a group of young filmmakers mm-hmm. set out to make a porn on a remote um, uh, farm. Uh, but the reclusive elderly host catches them in the act, and uh, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. Yes. Now, this yeah. is a – it's set in 1979 – it feels like the greatest homage to a 1970s um, horror film. It's got the same kind of cabin in the woods vibe, but it's not being played for humor. It's being played seriously as a real film. Mm-hmm. And it is so incredibly fun. I saw, a, it, I saw it as a double feature. I saw it in another film that I'm going to talk about later yeah. um, in the same night. And it was truly a captivating movie. Did you, uh, did you get a chance to see CX? I have it on my watch list. I haven't seen it, but I do recall you telling me you have to watch it. And it's a slasher film, right? Yeah. And, and, straight up. It's yeah. a straight up, like there's a bunch of people stuck in a house on a farm 
and their car can't get out and there's a creepy old lady that's gonna kill everybody like it's as straight fucking forward as you get for a slasher it's yeah. beat for beat a slasher movie um mia goth uh who plays maxine the main character is just goddamn enchanting yeah um, not only she's she's a beautiful actress but she's also an incredibly committed actress to her character um yeah Jenna she's Ortega. she's one of she's one of uh mia goth she's she's one of those actresses that pick very genre films and that's what i really yeah. like about oh, act- yeah. actors or actresses that does that kind of stuff so yeah and she was she was she was one of the main characters in my top film of 2018 suspiria and oh, uh my number set my number eight i love that movie the passion i i actually i'm gonna be on hot take here i think dario argento is a little bit of a boring director um no no take that back man no i I can't dude i've seen so many so many dario argento (laughs) movies at 10 a.m like two in the morning and i've fallen asleep it's very art house his style you have to give him credit for that yeah no it's i think he's incredible i think his movies are boring though it's slow Um, it's very slow yeah Yeah. she's also in a mia goth is also another incredible film called the cure for wellness love that uh, film. which was yeah it was a movie that was kind of taxed by its length i think when it came to like the reception from guests in the world, but it was a really cool, fascinating movie, a movie that is mildly inspired by one of my favorite uh, classic German pieces of literature, which I'm very glad I got to say that sentence. Oh, really? Um, There's a a famous uh, classic piece of fantasy called The Holy Mountain uh, by Thomas Mann. Yes. Um, and the whole movie take well, the whole book or pr- a large portion of the book takes place at a sanatorium in the mountains of Switzerland. Yes. Um, and it, it gives me, it gives me vibes of this because of like the magical confusion about what's really happening there. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to give anything away. All right. Um, I'll, I'll check. Uh, definitely check out X. For sure. The audio book yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, f- for Holy Mountain, but yeah, definitely check out X. Um, a big return for Ty West. I also plan on going to see Pearl in the next couple weeks and the one thing i one last thing i want to say about x the st- the outside of mia goth there was one really big standout okay. a, a an actor who this is one of his very first uh movies um and i was was that one was very he's been in a lot actually now that i look at it so the first movie i've seen where i've cared that he was in it yeah. um is the famous rapper kid cuddy Oh yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, who, may, who has like a starring role in this movie as like the man, made male lead, like male sexual lead. He pays like the male porn star for the yes. film. Yeah, and like I was like, okay, Kit Cuddy's in this movie being a porn star. That's gonna be funny. And he just <laughs> legitimately did a great job. Like I didn't even think I know I like I like some of Kit Cuddy's music and like know what he looks like. Yes, he completely disappeared into the movie for me. Yeah, you know what? I have to say I've seen him uh, and appear in other movies, mm-hmm. and he I I knew from the start he does have a a, a niche, you know, for for acting. And I think I yeah. really hope his career takes off in the acting world. I do too. Yeah, he got a bunch of episodes in Westworld, which I think really helped. Yes, he probably got to hone his skills a bit more. And I mean, all and all the hundreds of music videos he's performed in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's got he's got he's a transitional star. Nice. All right. Yeah. Now all right, so I, I got to see top this. Five. That's one of your top fives. Yeah, so that, that's my number five, Monty. <laughs> your what's your? Are number we going five? in order? I thought we we're just listing it, but 
Okay. I, I'm artificially forcing you to go in order. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. All right. Okay. So my fifth top, my, the fifth film in my top five, I have to say is the Batman. Oh, wow. Okay. So this would have, this would, this I, is, I skipped this honorable mention cause this would, this was like just barely out of my top five. Okay. Yeah. So I have to say I, I'm a huge Batman Mm-hmm. fan but i'm an even bigger marvel fan like dc okay. i'm okay um yeah. but batman we're pretty, is we're the same on that one yeah batman was really well done i i had my doubts just uh okay. and i'm sure it's it's you know when they cast um you know rob pat in rob into the bring film. it back to but, the twilight days yeah but i have to say he, before doing this, he's done a lot of genre films to actually, oh, yeah. like, uh, like spruce up his acting style, and and I appre- I really respect that. Like that that guy, I've seen like a few of his films, like Cosmopolitan, or oh, is it Cosmo- yeah, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cosmopolitan. Rob Pattinson. Yeah. Of all of the actors who got famous from like tween um like fiction mm-hmm. is like he is the most reclaimed actor for me yeah um you know, after after uh well because like in between breaking down one and two he did cosmopol uh cosmopolis oh cosmopolis um, yeah which is a wild movie yes. too yes yeah absolutely like, totally strange and then you know he did some like random movies that are kind of fun queen of the desert and lost city of z where like he finally got to fully like especially in Lost City of Z, mm-hmm. I think was the first time we saw him truly flexing his muscles as a like as like a fucking committed character actor. Yes, he and, is. Yeah, and he's like a crazy guy. He hates fame. I, I love him as a person. Mm-hmm. Like he hates being famous. He doesn't like people. He just like, enjoys the ride. He, he yeah, he and he just ride. wants to make movies and be a weirdo. Yes, yes. Like the the movie that for that did it for me mm-hmm. uh, was Rover. I'm not sure if you saw. Oh, that I one. haven't seen Rover. That one is it's him and Guy Guy Pierce, and uh, it's a revenge flick. Um, and he gets caught up into it. He plays actually a slightly mental mentally challenged. Uh, kid oh i have heard about this yeah yeah it's like he just guy pierce's character just takes him on this ride to to find his car oh that's wild it's pretty pretty whacked and so after i saw his acting i knew it like there's something about him that is beyond the twilight era the the other stuff so and then i went to watch uh i caught a glimpse of good times i i dude that was okay. really good. good but I, good I didn't finish it. Don't to- spoil it for me. Okay. Finish. I was Good Time was my number one movie of 2017. Yes. It, it's it yeah. It's ooh, I love that film. I could talk about I could talk about the Safi brothers for 35 days. Yeah. That movie is nearly perfect to me. And then I saw him in Tenet, which okay. he played awesome. a character almost similar to um Inception that uh, yes. what um oh. what Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy did. So yeah, he basically I really liked him in that film. Yeah. It's hilarious, but he's smart. Uh, you know, like I, shows that character of that guy. I, right? I'll also shout out his movie where he he plays a character with your name. He plays Monty mm-hmm. in uh, 2018's High Life, mm-hmm. which is one of the. Did you have you did you see High Life? I heard of it. I haven't seen High Life yet. I it's one of the, I I don't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> oh, you don't recommend uh, it. Well, oh, I do. I recommend it to you. Okay. I don't recommend it to everybody else. 
It is a weird fucking movie. It is like deep introspective sci-fi. Uh, like it is like reflective philosophical sci-fi. Um, oh, really? And okay. It's really strange. It's like a father and his daughter struggle to survive on a deep space probe stuck out in the middle of like the universe. Um, life. Okay. It's weird. It's one of the only movies to ever to ever portray a scientifically accurate wormhole, a black hole based suicide attempt. Suicide. Oh, okay, that's a, char- a character in the film commits suicide <clears throat> via black hole. And it is fucking wild. There's also like an orgasm room. I don't know, man. It's a weird film. <laughs> okay, it's one um, of those type of films. I, I, I feel. Yeah, I feel. it's like a, it's like a, it, it's in the Enter the Void climax, like pure, like high strangeness type of film. It's like outsider film. There's um, one, one other film I do want to mention. I know you mentioned it. You've nagged on me. You and 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 your wife Taryn have nagged me to watch, which was Lighthouse. Yes, and the you lighthouse. guys are trying to get oh. me, and I have to watch that. Ro- Robert watch. Eggers. We're gonna talk about Robert Eggers in a little bit okay, again. Okay. But that was his. That's still to me his masterpiece. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about Robert Eggers, and that's. I mean, also to 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 talk about Rob Rob Pat again. Yeah. That movie, like his performance in that movie, alongside the tour de force that is goddamn Willem Dafoe, is oh, oh my yeah. god that film. Okay, so let's take it back. Okay, the yeah. Batman. I loved it because it was, I think they are, I think DC is finally figuring it out. The formula into making a superhero that you want to put it, put some realism into it, like a dash of realism into it. You want to also put a little dash of a genre film. And and what I liked about the Batman was especially the, the darker ones where they are, um, like in the comic books, I mean, like the darker ones where they talk about like just a detective story, like his detective comics are one of my favorites to follow. And I think this one nails it perfectly on the head because it's it's like a detective comic. It's a yes, it's a Batman reboot, but they've gone the other way because how many times have, do we have to watch like Batman and, and the way like Bruce and his fa- parents dying like constantly replaying? A dash of realism, a dash of genre, and uh, a reboot is a perfect chemistry. And I think that is how you do a proper superhero movie in this day and age. Like the detective comics, that, like I mentioned, it's like it's one of my favorite. And I love how they actually turn this. You know, it's kind of like they wrote the script uh, for a serial killer movie, mm-hmm. and they just yeah. say they just said okay. So let's have the lead detective be Batman. Let's have the serial killer be Riddler. And let's have, you know, and, and then let's mix in all these characters in there. And, and that's what I really liked about this film um, that I for this year. Uh, I yeah. know we talked about, at the beginning of this episode, we talked about, you know, original stories. I know that Batman is not an original story, but it is very original in its creativity in you know, rebooting yeah. this the Batman franchise again. It's and, but this time a much shorter length of time compared to when um, uh, uh, the the Michael Keaton Batman film. Yeah, and, well, but we just we know. just had uh, 
Ben Affleck is Batman like less than exactly two. Yeah, yeah, to, to that point. Yeah, you're right. And 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 and, and before that, it was uh, the Batman Begins. The and the, I, you know that's those trilogy. It, and I'm just fairly ended. certain we're getting Ben Affleck's Batman in the next Shazam movie too. Like so, yes, Ben Affleck yeah. Batman's still around. You know what? I what are your thoughts on Ben Affleck Batman? I never, I've, ne- I haven't, I haven't seen a single one of the Ben Affleck Batman movies because okay. I refuse. I, I, I genuinely dislike DC. I've also been a Marvel fanboy since I was a little kid. No, I so, agree. Like, I'm, there's some I'm like tribalism you. in me about it. I'm like, I'm like, I don't watch the DC movies, but <laughs> primarily it's because they're, they're most of them have been bad. Yeah. Um. So I never watched Batman v Superman. I I didn't watch Man of Steel. I didn't watch um, Justice League. I, I have to Wonder say, Woman and Aquaman. Give if you do um, give Batman v Superman a shot for Bar- all for I know the about Batman. the movie is Barbara. Okay. <laughs> There's that. That's but what I you, know about. If Batman you or Superman. you know what, just watch his clips. He okay. friggin' brings it. Like he looks like old man Batman. Like he oh, has the aesthetic. Man. He was solid. Like the size that Ben Affleck had to train to get to oh, that yeah. size is just ridiculous. And it does. There is a workout montage in, in that movie oh, that yeah. shows you how he gets it. But but the thing I like about Ben Ben Affleck Batman in that movie is he he actually kills people, which is amazing. Yeah, straight up murders people. Yeah, because yeah, he's Batman after his like his squabbles have come to an end. But yeah. that's, I also think that's what's really cool about this movie is yeah. that so this movie, unlike Ben Affleck's Batman, takes place in like Batman is sync- is distinctly set in Batman Year Two. Yes. And one of the things that I what I loved about this movie, and I think if I watched it again, it might be it might actually end up higher in my list, mm-hmm. is that this this was the first movie that where we only see Batman, even when we're seeing Bruce Wayne. Yes, that's not Bruce Wayne. This is still a like like in Michael Keaton's Batman like yeah he's still sad and has a little bit of trauma but he's not sitting in his trauma. Yeah. Um Christopher um Christian Bale like yes. by by halfway through Batman begins he's out of his trauma. Yes. Um Ben Affleck is old and traumatized but it's not because his parents died it's cuz he's a monster. Um and this one we get we get young, brash, stupid deeply traumatized and unstable batman yes which i think is the best version of batman to put to film now because it's the only thing we have left oh yeah the only only real place to go is to start from the beginning like and that's so well personified um by like it's the first time the riddler's been arrested because clearly he'll get out um we have we have villains that are kind of like throw like like outside of the riddler the rest of the gang people are kind of throwy because all it is is doing is setting up the penguin yes yeah and and oh man colin farrow oh yeah come on what an actor yeah what a goddamn champion like the difference in in like oh my god this 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 penguin is definitely something well and it's and it's also penguin before he's the penguin like before he's reached the top of his game yes like you know he's still like we have carmen falcone played by uh uh john terrero yes yeah yeah oh he's he's an incredible actor like he was in the best he was in the best tv show of 2022 severance oh i'll take i did not Um, know he was in that okay yeah he's one of the it's really good we got andy circus as alfred and i am always now i don't i don't think they know one one of the things that i felt that could have is a negative toward the film 
is kind of how they handle Andy Circus. Like I think yeah, his character could have been a lot better. Yeah. yeah. But you know, he's and he's in the movie because we have Matt Reeves directing, mm-hmm. um, who did all of the Planet of the Apes films right. together. Yeah. But you know what? I was you know what? I, I didn't mind Andy Serkis's performance as no, I, I, I was actually performance. I was I hoping like writing. Yeah, I, I was hoping for more of Alfred yeah. in that, but I think uh, because this is a detective comic series style film, yeah. um, they had to, of course, shine the light more on Jeffrey Wright's uh, yeah. take on James Great Gordon, work. which he uh, he did great. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like as James Gordon, he was definitely he definitely beats or if not on par Gary Oldman's. Um, yeah, I think James it's the Gordon. right it's the right energy to put into the role. Yeah, especially because as as Jeffrey Wright ages and if he keeps playing Gordon, it'll be incredible. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I also want to shout shout out Paul Dano. Oh, um, I do I do feel like they do his reveal like he's paul dano when he's in the riddler mask yeah nine out of ten. Oh, paul dano he's creepy. out of the riddler mask like six out of ten but, but I you think know that's... what but that's the realism like you know like yeah he's true, reflecting yeah. on all the serial killers like you the jeffrey Dahmer, all those people mm-hmm. they'd have a normal looking face but you never knew know the inside well, paul, of them the monster yeah. inside these people paul right? paul dano is one of those people that when he is like born to be fucking creepy yeah but uh, you like, know what like his but, character and like there will be blood back all the way back in 2007 is even fucking <laughs> oh you know what i my first time uh watching paul dano on screen was little miss sunshine and oh nice okay he is freaking amazing like he yeah. He like I like him. I like him as an I actor, him, and yeah. he's one of those actors that I root for. Like he's one of those underdogs that yes, he's not in a lot of mainstream, but he's in a lot of really really good indie films. Yeah, he's only in good yeah. movies. Yes, like, like I'm looking at his IMDb. Like, well, and he was in probably my favorite movie of 2016, which was Swiss Army Man. Mm. Um, and we'll we'll talk That's about right. the Daniels a little bit later. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, we will. But Swiss Army Man, uh, which is, you know, Paul Dano starring, that movie made me never want him to not be happy as, like, an yeah. actor and as yeah. a performer. Because he was in that, yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay, so, number four. Number four. Number now. four. So, yeah. my number four film of the year uh, is another movie involving a uh, a young director who, who became very famous back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. um, before taking a break from filmmaking. And apparently working extensively on the Devil May Cry video game series, which I didn't know until just now. Really? Um, oh, interesting. Is Alex Garland's 2022 film, Men. Uh, Men oh, is a story right. about a young woman who goes on a vacation to the English countryside. Um, and following the, uh, following the death of her ex-husband and a mystery that is laced in the examination of the effect of men on women the effect on women on men and trauma and just this beautiful folk horror meditation with probably one of the most sharp escalations in intensity I have seen in a movie paired with some of the most eerie and tense and beautiful filmmaking, which we've come to know Alex Garland for for his more recent movies, Ex Machina annihilation yes. never let me go and his original claim to fame as the writer of 28 days later 
And the, oh, um, okay. I was wondering um, why he was credited that. I did not know he wrote that one. That was yeah, that was it. one of my favorite all-time yeah. zombie films. He's yeah, so he was a writer up until 2014. So he mm. wrote the script for the Devil May Cry video game remake. He wrote the screen. Oh, nice. Yeah, the DMC Devil May Cry, the remake of the franchise. Yes. Wrote all of the wrote did all of the writing for all of it and the expansions. Okay. Um, he was the writer of uh 2012's Dread. Um, oh, and, he, and finally, nice. and I guess he just got enough good grace from everybody in Hollywood that in 2014 he got to write and direct his first movie, Ex Machina. Well, he got to, yeah, he wrote and directed Ex Machina, I believe. Or did he? Yes. No, he didn't. Yeah, he wrote. Yeah, yeah he wrote directed. Then he got another writer directors uh, combination with another incredible movie, Annihilation. Annihilation. Which, uh, yeah. One that of the probably amazing. my top, my number three or four movie of 2018 um stunning stunning sci-fi and now we're in 2022 with men which was i think a kind of controversial movie at the time of release and i think it's partially because a lot of people don't really follow what's going on mm-hmm. um and a big shout out to jessica buckley for her portrayals harper but an even bigger shout out to rory kinnear who plays almost every other character in the movie. <laughs> that guy is amazing. I liked him in the Bond, the recent Bond films. The Daniel oh, Craig yeah. era Bond films. Yeah. He was great. So did you did you get a chance to see Men? No, it's also on my oh. list to watch. Oh, damn. Yeah. Your movies are getting better than the, my selections. Damn. Oh, I'm don't ashamed. worry. The, the rest of my list is all bangers. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, you know so what? Like, Alex Garland, like, I mean, he is... Wow, I'm just looking at his IMDb. He is freaking amazing. He's like, untouchable. His directing yeah. is untouchable. He's done nothing bad. I know. He's like, oh, except I don't know about the sequel to 28 Days Later. That, that was, he, I, don't think yeah. he, I don't think he worked on that. Did he not? I thought he no, was I don't think he did. Or he well, probably wait, created wait, wait. the character. Uh, the, yeah, he, the created, well, he created the world in 28 Days. Did you not like 28 Weeks Later? No, I thought oh, it was a letdown. A I liked letdown. it. I, I, gotta, I gotta go back. I have to say, years. I have to say, like twenty eight days later was. I think they should have just left it alone. That was such Probably. good storytelling. It's a, right it's, it's a narrow to perfect movie. Oh like, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, but I highly yeah. recommend uh, uh, Men. It has kind of like a flair of of uh, like of like traditional folk horror, but okay. laced in with what i think i the point i made earlier is that like magical realism is so easily achieved in cinema now that it's like an almost a lovecraftian um version of uh the wicker man as like the magic has become distorted in the modern era is it Um, is it from the trailers i've seen is and correct me if i'm wrong is it a psychological thriller yeah, I got. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could call it a psychological thriller. Yeah, I, I'd call it like a psychological. Yeah, I, it's definitely a thriller. Okay. Uh, it goes kind of. It kind of goes straight horror at the very end, mm-hmm. um, or like in the in the in the third act. Um, but yeah, the. So what's like a, what's it about for the audience fun. for our audience that have not seen it? You're so, pushing for it. What's it? What's the it's premise? Really. So so the premise is this woman Harper goes okay. to take a vacation by herself in the English countryside after the death of her ex husband. Okay. Um, and while she is staying at this, uh, like basically an Airbnb out of there's wow, this is the third movie with like an Airbnb. Um. <laughs> She uh, she begins to explore the area around 
um the in the area around where she's staying and like very creepy uncomfortable things that are noticed in the woods you know people and men out in the trees the priest in town is blames her for her husband's death um and it escalates from there uh it's it's really hard to talk about what happens in the movie because it everything is so predicated on the building of tension oh Um, but it, it 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 deals deeply with the notion of trauma and the notion of how others take the perspective of those in trauma with by like by ignoring you um and that 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 you that like women need the men in their lives to be happy and successful is this like underlying tone in the film okay um and you know we we there were some uh critics out there who lambasted the movie for like being anti-men and i don't think it's that at all um no it's it's the elements there from i gather from the trailer the elements there is to show the 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 you know the 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 tragedy of the main the protagonist right so you're supposed to feel for harper and yes the end it, it, it also ends wonderfully but it is uh it's a big recommendation and i will say of all of the movies we're going to talk about today this movie bar none has the best practical effects that I've seen in 2022. Like if I had to, if I had to like slap down an Oscar nomination for any movie on this list, mm-hmm. whether and I, I could only vote for one category, it would be for this movie to win special effects. Um oh. and like spe- especially for like prosthetics and makeup cuz there is the section at the end and what they did with um with Rory Kinner's character where he plays like I think 15 char- unique characters in the movie. And then that is also important to like the overall plot, but I'm not gonna, I don't want to give any more of that away. No, no, no. Um, I know. Is some of the most captivating and beautifully done effects work um, that you'll see you'll see in modern day cinema. Oh, okay. So that's my number four, Monty. What's your number four of the year? I have to say, Prey. Ooh, okay. I have yet four. to see it. It is uh, 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 again. I have to say it's it's another original story, but mm-hmm. it's a reboot from a franchise that we all know, Predator franchise. Yeah. And and I have to say they did change it up, and it's really a coming of age story about you know uh, Aboriginal you know girl who is being put down a lot by her brother and the men of the tribes, and she comes across this alien that's just wiping out everything but it also dabbles a little bit about their the you know the uh yeah it's showing it through their lens of how what they had to do and how the you know the 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 i don't know how to put it uh the you know the other Con- conquerors of the land coming in colonizers. and destroying it. the colonizers are coming in yeah. and and doing it out of game and and wiping out all their resources and stuff like that and yeah, but destruction it's, the destruction of, of of land for sport exactly is, you know is definitely like a reflection on what white europeans did in you know in in the time period to the like people like two tribes like the comanche and 
um, other the other indigenous tribes of America or the modern day Americas. Yeah, and it's it's I I love the fact that they actually kind of took advantage of this storytelling and you know bringing it back into the more like in the you know the olden world and what if some an alien being that has mm-hmm. this technology that's just blowing shit up you know what i mean it's it's like it's pretty well told and i like the whole concept of you know tracking trapping and fighting just with your bare hands and the tools that you just craft out of you know uh from a, natural a, a environment. twigs and natural environment it's just it, it really it brings back to the original predator but it also takes the story a bit back. It's, I think it takes place in the like 1600s or something like that. It looks so, like it, yeah. Based yeah. on, uh, yeah, it's it's early. It's like mid colonial. It's like pre colonial America, but not yeah. too pre colonial. And honestly, when I walked into the film, I, I didn't have high hopes. Um, mm-hmm. I really just thought of it as, you know, like I hear a lot of friends' feedback. They're saying, "Oh, this is just another, you know." girl power movie yeah. or, or something oh, like that but oh, i did not I, yeah exactly i didn't see it that way i just saw it as someone who's dealing with a lot of put down but has yeah. a lot of capabilities of doing really well in 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 the world it's not it's, and, not, it's not like yeah. a mary sue situation yeah it's not and it's the way how they shot it they you know even the the predator how they presented it it. Oh yeah, doesn't it have like a skull on its head instead of like the OG Predator mask? It's too? also got kind. Of, no, it's not like a. I guess it is kind of like a, a buffalo skull or something yeah. like that it's that like, he's wearing. It's made of it. bone. Yeah, it's made out of bone. It's made out of leather, and it's also oh, putting cool. him into a kind of a a tribish, which it is. If you follow yeah. the, the Predator lore, it's they are kind of like a very yeah. They're tribe-ish. a warrior tribe that go yeah, around and hunt the most deadly prey in the plant in the galaxy. Yeah, and and they put him in, and it's kind of it's amazing because it's not like how all the other Predator films where they portray as the humans are always are terrified, whereas the, and and running away from it. This one, they just put it as. This thing, you know, like yeah, it's like the, the classic line: if it bleeds, yeah. it can get, it can be killed. It's like yeah. they try the, the 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 protagonists in this film and all the other supporting actors, the, the characters are just going in and like be trying to beat the crap out of this. Yeah, thing. like going after just, them. Yeah, it's like going after them, like head on fights, oh, and the choreographing yeah. is really well done. But all in all, it's like. It is shot in, in, in Canada, I have to say, um, yeah, which shout I out. liked. Yeah, shout out there. Um, but I have to say, uh, for a film that's directed by Dan Tre- Treckenberg. If yeah, I'm Treckenberg. Curious. I was yeah, going to say, he's, he's, this is only his second dir- uh, directorial film. Yeah, and his yeah. first film that I've seen is uh, 10 Cloverfield. Which is incredible. That was really well done. Stunningly so he, amazing movie. Yeah, and he actually did put in that element like but he turned i like how he transformed the predator into like cloverfield-esque kind of like presentation like i'm not saying like his overall design i'm just saying the presentation how he brings the predator on the screen is really really well done yeah yeah so yeah that's my number four well (laughs) well Yet again, Monty, your, your number four lines up with my number three okay. in a similar way where we're going back in time. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a film that focuses on an era of history, even older than the era of history we see in this film. 
It is the Robert Eggert films, The Northman. Uh, I knew you could bring that up. Yeah. uh, Tells the story of a young Viking prince on a quest to avenge his father's murder by his own brother. Um, It's Macbeth. It's every classic revenge story. It's Star Wars. It's, it's all of that played and performed by one of the greatest historical fiction directors we have today. Um, Capturing a film truly, truly reverent to the actual history and culture that it is based on. Um, of course, it's Robert Edgar, so it is stunningly shot. Yes. Beautiful long takes. The usage of light and music is just absolutely stunning. Um, and I, I feel like we're going to have a trend here in my top three, where all <laughs> of my top three have dramatically higher scores. Um, by the critics than they do by the audience, uh, where this is like a nine, this is an eighty-nine percent audience uh, critic review and a sixty-four percent audience review, um, because it's a it, it's a it's a hefty film in a sense. If you're not if you're not going into it knowing what you're going to be getting out of you know Alexander Skarsgård, out of Anna Taylor Joy, out of Ethan Hawke, out of all of these characters, you're going to be a little overwhelmed. I think. Um, and it is completely worth it. Um, did you, did you get a chance to see the Northman? (laughs) You know what? This is another one that you, another, another, (laughs) shockingly enough, not an A24 film though. You know what? This is, I was just going to say, this is your, your, I think second or third A24 film on here. Actually, Um, so surprisingly enough, A24 didn't make this one. Um, oh, it didn't. I thought it was. Yes, yeah. everyone thought they did, but yeah. uh, Universe or no, I think Paramount shelled out the money for this one. Oh, um, okay. Which it, it was, seems it like was such kind a twenty four film. So yeah, it does. Uh, but it was given like a big budget, um, yeah. which is like was problematic because the movie did not make as much money um, <laughs> as most Robert Eggers movie do because this is like a harsh and intense historical yeah. action drama. Cause, about revenge because it it's like robert egger he did like we, we just talked about he did the, the lighthouse, lighthouse. He did the witch, the witch. Yeah. yeah yeah and the wow. lighthouse he did tell like he did he did all these very art house yes very low budget unapproachable cinema like beautifully shot award-winning films and then he comes out with like a big box massive film like the northman yeah um, but it's worth it like i mean he he used every single cent of that budget to make this movie um of course this is a big recommendation but this is a movie that if you can um more so than the other movies we met here this one is the most important to watch on the best screen possible yeah like like shut off all the lights like full screen get right up in it because this movie is stunningly aesthetically done um, and as someone who grew up loving and passionate about the Norse, mytholo- Norse mythology yeah. and the religions, religions and faiths of, Sca- of ancient Scandinavia, this movie captures it perfect. It has one of my favorite, favorite lines where they scoff at a group of Christians because they worship a dead guy on a, cr- on a piece of wood, um, <laughs> which is an incredible line. But did uh, they speak in their the native dialect or because I know no, Robert so Eggert tries is, to keep it, it very close to the story, like real as real as it can. So as the it only gets, the right? the only thing that he really sacrificed for the aesthetic of the movie was what the uh how pretty the actors were, yeah, um, how nice their hair, how how like they all had long hair because in Viking culture everyone had bowl cuts, yeah, um, and he has them speak English. 
uh, but, oh, the, okay. but the language they use and a lot of uh, a lot of how they talk is reminiscent of like the language structure of like early Norse um, like language, not necessarily the the words, but the language structure oh, is okay. more or less historical. But I think the studio wanted. I, I know Robert Eggers wanted the movie to be even more um, historical, but like he had to make some. Uh, you know, you had to give up a little bit to, for the movie to be, you know, produced by the studio. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. You know. All right. Well, but that is a big my, my number three, Monty. What is your number three? <laughs> it's already back to my turn. Uh, let's see. I have to say my number three. Did you watch uh the new um? Oh, nah. You know what? I, I want okay. You know what? I'm, I'm swapping. I'm swapping. Okay, hop swap. Three. I need to find something that is not like I, I don't want to be judgmental. There's a lot of wow. good films uh, that <laughs> you know that's come out of, of 2022. Let's let's uh, let's see if I can swap this out for something because I just okay. think that you know everything that I realize. I'm looking at my list and I'm like everything is kind of a re- remake of the story but you know what i'm gonna slot in the unbearable weight of massive talent. oh yes i'm so glad okay. you mentioned it i i i reason why i'm pushing putting this in is it's a it's like i what we said at the beginning of the show like these are i bet you this script was probably sitting in underneath some desk for a very long time oh yeah just like dust it off because they're like let's make a nick cage playing himself movie and but it's it's, it's, it's freaking it's a, it's a awesome movie that like yeah that loves nick cage too like, yeah I, nick cage didn't want to do it because he didn't want to make fun of himself exactly which is which is a big part of why there's like nicky and he he makes a big point he's yeah. not he is Nicolas Cage. Yes. But he is playing Nick, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, yes. Which isn't him, technically. Yeah. And I think adding um, Pedro Pascal into, oh my, uh, into yeah. the cast was a perfect chemistry, like a perfect balance oh, 100%. To, to Nick Cage's uh, crazy acting style, right? So, uh, so yeah, it's, tell, tell our audience who haven't seen or know what um, the unbearable weight of massive town. What's, yeah, it, what's so it about? It tells the story about Nick Cage, you know, how he's down on his luck. Um, he's not getting many offers, uh, which kind of, if you think about it, Matt, it, it kind of does reflect very, a little it's bit. Very, <laughs> it's very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's not getting the A game that he did back when he was like the rock Nick Cage, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Con Air Nick Cage or, yeah. you know, you know, like, Face off Nick Cage even, right? Yeah. So it's like it's gone like it's kind of telling his story in a fictionalized world where he's trying to, you know, make some money, make ends meet, um, and also win the love of his of his uh daughter and um yep. you know, family uh back because he, he was he, he starts off as a very arrogant, your typical arrogant Hollywood I I demand everything, you know, like spoiled Hollywood yeah. star. And off and, his rocker, he's a drunk in the yeah. movie. Like he's all, he's like the he he is he plays him he plays all the worst stereotypes of himself. Yeah, movie, of himself. Which is yeah. awesome. 
<laughs> and so his agent, uh, played by Neil Patrick Harris, comes yep. along and says, hey, look, we need this money. There's an offer, like a million bucks to go spend some time with this super fan who is also supposedly uh, a, a dangerous cartel guy, <laughs> which is hilarious. Like the story, how they put oh, put it all together, yeah. it's just so whacked, right? And then lo and behold, it's actually played by Pedro Pascal, a amazing, amazing, amazing actor. And, it, and it's uh, a deeply yeah. real performance too. It's not yeah. like, a, like the it, fact that the, like the character and the love and the way they act with one another is like, is genuine. It makes the movie. It's so believable. Like I could actually think that they're actually like best buds, you know, if yeah, you think right? about yeah. it, like how it comes off of, um, it's, you know, it's, it's goofy. It's funny. It's not meant to be taken seriously, but it's no. definitely also not to, you know, be taken as just, you know, a, a, another Nick Cage movie, right? And right, I have yeah. to say, he, like, I'm he's very impressed. To... He's he's coming. He has he has he's, he's, it's yeah. a comeback now. He's coming back, man. Like, oh yeah, it's he's, well, he's been trying to for years. I think. Like, yeah, like the last. Can... Sorry, go on. Go on. I was gonna say, I think I think his biggest problem was in the modern days. He just. He's gotten to a point where he just likes acting, so he just says yes to a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so some people over-focus on some of his other roles, and they like he gets overwritten. Like I don't think people understand how to cast Nicolas Cage appropriately. I think um, it's, but it's also are starting to get it. It's also to do with him too, because mm -hmm. yeah, it is like what they call and and in the the Hollywood term is you know, you're whoring because I yeah. heard there's also something to do with his, his very high expensive lifestyle that in his past. Yeah, caught he's, up had, to him, he's right? notorious so. for his money problems. Yes. And which they also make fun of in, in this yeah. movie as well. But, but I'm, you know, the last film that I saw before this one uh, was pig. Yeah. Uh, I'm not oh sure. Oh my saw Lord. It. Oh, oh no, I fucking love, I was, I had, I already pulled up the IMDb page for it. Yes. I, I, mean, I love that movie. Yeah. We're connecting mentally, right, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I was ready. I was like, this motherfucker better you, talk you, about I'm going to lean into that. Yeah. If and, you and, didn't, I was going to get upset. I have to say like, it's, it's, it's good that he's doing like yeah. his path is so perfectly lined up that he is playing a very dramatic role, which he is known for. And mind you, he is an Oscar winner. Yeah, so it's kind of like you know like he a, has something, and, and uh -huh. of all the 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 uh, Coppola family, you, you know there's yeah. a lot of talent in Massive that, that family, and there's an unbearable weight of it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, and and like it's good to see that he's actually, you know, doing that performance in in Pig really, like restored my faith he deserves like he should have won he should have gotten nominated or won the oscar for yeah i was you know i heard there best, was oscar best, buzz for that one too there should have been right? he won a ton of awards yes like he won a bunch of like film critic association awards um for like the movie did and he did like well earned because that movie mm -hmm. was incredible his yeah. performance was incredible and i love how uh, the trailer doesn't give it away they all they, away. They, they sold it in a way where people were just thinking oh my god this is another john uh, wick john wick or uh taken you know like yeah, that yeah. type of stuff but it's not it's really not, not. at all yeah. yeah it's more about yeah it's about self you know self-forgiveness and and all that right and it's yeah, really and like well moving done. on and like knowing yourself and exactly like, but yeah no like ooh. i have to say um i'm glad to like after watching pig 
and then coming to this it was this is kind of like a, a it's kind of like the dessert after a really True. heavy I, meal right the other the other piece of dessert <laughs> i'll throw out there from most the most recent uh nicholas cage performances is his uh his performance in 2019's the color out of space oh, uh, oh which is yeah. one of the probably the best modern lovecraftian adaptation um like that's a direct adaptation mm-hmm. um, oh is it it's pretty oh, yeah. accurate to the source then oh yeah okay, okay. Um, the color out of space is one of my favorite lovecraftian stories and lovecraft stories like not lovecraftian but lovecraft lovecraft stories and this one really pulls it off um like- it captures the vibe it gets almost everything pretty much perfect i think um, like when it everything- comes to lovecraftian horror Everything aligned from like I, I'll I'll take you another one. I think he did the movie around the same time as Color Purple was uh, that I found I personally found was pretty amazing was Wally uh, sorry Willy's Wonderland. Oh yeah, he had no dialogue and he just had to show the Nick do the Nick Cage thing. Yeah, you know? and, and he it's does hilarious. It, right? Yeah, and I I really I I don't know. Did you manage to watch it or? I I fell asleep watching. <laughs> Damn, it's uh, like the it's, oh come on, you're a Nick Cage fan, right? I don't know. So. I feel bad. I I just haven't had the opportunity to go back and um and watch it since since that first time. The last yeah. outs like after Color Out of Space, I was like, this man can do no wrong. Oh, um, for me was um uh before Wally's uh, Willie's Wonderland. I have to say, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Mandy. Come I on, saw man. Mandy. I loved Mandy. Mandy was he amazing. He did great, and he did great into the Spider Verse as well. Oh, um, okay. He, he plays Spider Man Noir. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he did do that. I but, I, I also still kind of love the Ghost Rider movies. Um, I think and I like the second one. I like the yeah, second. the second one's really good. Yeah. I loved his performance in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I loved Josh Baruchel and Nick National Cage. National Treasure. Jake. Huh? Gone yeah, in sixty National, yeah. seconds. Yeah, he earned it. He he's yeah. he's a man who I like. Some people will do like that, like in defense of Nick Cage argument. And I got I I one time got into like a, a discussion with uh, a director on on Instagram, and like you know I was like, oh yeah, what do you think about this? Like in like he about the this like famous YouTube video called like in the in defense of Nick Cage. And his point, which I think is very salient, which is he needs no defense. He's just a great actor who's done a lot of movies. Yes, um, yeah, and well, he has to pay the bills, right? So yeah, that's that's and the unfortunate doesn't. part about that. Yeah. But I hope, uh, yeah, no, I hope to see more of of his Me stuff too. that comes out. So, all right, moving um, on to number two. So number two and number one were my most contentious between the two they flopped back and forth repeatedly okay all right um and and to me the between the two and i know this is going to be a little shocking with with this expression it came down to like originality okay and and to me what felt like not necessarily a more important film but a more intense like intense experience as a viewer and, All right. and so with that in mind, my number two pick is the, 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 the now infamous, the now famous, one of the biggest hit in A24's history, everything, everywhere. Oh, come on, months. man. Are you number, serious? Okay. It's bumped down to number two. Really? I, 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 it's okay. 
Is it your it's number number one? It's my number one, actually. Okay. So let's... <laughs> So let's let we'll save that for the end because okay. we've both seen it. And so okay, I'll go, okay. what what was your number two? My number two has to be um, okay. Now I'm taking it. I don't know if I should if it qualifies for 2022, but I did watch it. It, it was it came overseas and released okay. here in 2022. We'll, we'll count that because my okay. mine technically debuted. My number one technically debuted at Sundance in 2021. Okay. But didn't get an official release until 2022, so okay, no, no, that's it. fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. So the one I saw um, recently it is a zombie flick. It okay. is actually made by a Canadian director. Um, it's funny story because it was made during the pandemic. It was shot okay. in in my, I guess my roots, uh, Taiwan, and I have to say uh, the sadness. Oh, I've seen. I, I haven't seen, but I've seen a lot of. I sent you it. the the trailer for it. Yeah, and it is, it is to the level of what Twenty Eight Days Later did. Oh. However, I think Matt, you're gonna love it because you're really into the the hardcore heavy yeah. metal uh, zombie films. Like yeah, the gorier, like the the messed up, the the better. So even though this is oh my, my number two. I have to say that I, it will take me a while to ever go back to this film. <laughs> yeah. It's so I'm looking at some of up. the photos and I can tell why. Yeah, and and uh, it's so 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 fucked up. And I rarely curse on this podcast. You guys know yeah, that. Yeah. It is really you are the up. you are the shea butter. There's no there's <laughs> yeah. no rough edges there. Yeah. So um, it was shot in Taiwan and it was uh, it was made during the pandemic. It was. It actually has a subliminal message that oh, kind right. of parallels to the uh, the pandemic or uh, okay. situation that we were in. And um, but this, the the premise of the story is um, there was an uh, uh, there was a patient zero, obviously okay. how they all typically start, and he accidentally he stumbles into where our main protagonist was uh, buying breakfast at a local. Mm-hmm. Uh, a breakfast shop in, in okay. Taiwan and he I think he either he coughed or sneezed and then oh. violently attacked the cook oh shit okay and then the cook every and then that's when the infection started to spread so quickly I think he did sneeze it was a very snotty mucusy <laughs> membrane stuff coming out of him that lands oh. on, on these guys and the whole everyone in the restaurant just like went nuts and um so the our protagonist he realized that uh, something is really odd going on. So he kind of backs out of that situation thinking it was just, you know, another, mm-hmm. an act of violence sort of situation. And then he started okay. to notice that everyone in the restaurant started to behave very oh. quickly like that. And so he quickly tried to fight them off and hop onto his, his scooter and race home and see if he can get a hold of his wife, uh, his girlfriend, actually, I should say, um, who just left for work that morning. And, and then it's then goes to her side of the story where she's on the subway and she's on her way to work and she's getting, uh, she's an attractive girl and she's getting harassed by this creep that sees her every day on the train and tries to start a conversation with him. But he, um, but he is like, you know, she she kind of like smart mouth her way out of okay. it and kind of like brushed him off. But he you can tell he was 
Like, you don't have to be this rude to me. Like, he's just mumbling it to himself. Ooh. And then, oh, uh, then the, <laughs> the, somehow the, the virus spread in and it just came after them. And it just, what the virus does is it just brings out the rage in people. Oh, so that's just okay. kind of how it f- reflects onto the 28 days later. Yeah. And not only that rage, they become highly sexually active and oh, they start raping the they will rape anything in holy shit so it just goes on a, like this is the part where i say it goes on in such a heavy metal way a wave of craziness madness and it does and i get and, and they added a little dose of, of uh politics into that okay. uh, into that into the story but it does it does just it just goes all hell just breaks loose so it's like your classic story the protag- okay. the boyfriend is now wandering the city trying to find where his girlfriend is and they're all on their own survival path and they're just watching horrible horrible things being done to people on the streets oh, getting shit. raped getting beaten up like brutally and there's even one scene where he went to save a guy that was getting bullied yeah. uh, brutally beaten but when after he saves the guy the guy turned out to be infected and he's like why did you stop those guys from kill uh, abusing me i love it and he he then the guy just get, goes on and tries to attack him and and so on and so forth but that is fucking it disturbing. is a really well made film and i think it's one of the best zombie films that coming out of taiwan like it is amazing it's like original it's it's addressing the world issue like that was currently going on in the pandemic i mean i'm sure it would have been 10 times or if not 20 times scarier if you actually watched this during yeah. the pandemic outbreak unfortunately oh, it came out though. oh my god this film was like it it goes from zero to 60 in just a matter of seconds it's really Holy. really Ooh, i need to watch this but yeah it is ugh. Man, I, I, there are so much stuff that is in this film that, mm-hmm. like things that you would not think that they would put into the film. This guy had the freedom to shoot it, like the as freedom, gr- the budget, the opportunity, everything. Yeah, like he was given everything, and it was like it's so borderline X-rated. It's it's so um, I'm yeah. so in. <laughs> but no, maybe X-rated is too far. But it's really really hard. A like you know whatever the highest like 18 rating you gotta get yeah like so, nc17 yeah. i think is what we call it oh in us yeah yeah that's what it is nc17 yeah. but yeah no it's 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 gotta be i have to give give credit where it's due it was really well shot the story is well told and it's just on the edge of your seat like it puts you in that situation is what would you do if you were in that uh, that craziness right so ooh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well that right. brings us to number one so we already know that Mon- monty and i um monty is number one is everything everywhere all at once and my number mm-hmm. one my number two is everything everywhere all at once but yeah. before we before we talk about that we got one last movie my number one movie of the year so far yeah is a little film that it, yes it was released in at sundance at the in 2021 but it, it yeah. got its release in theaters in 2022 a proper release yes proper release yeah. Yeah. It is the directorial debut, the actor, the acting debut, uh, well, the directorial debut of Jane Schoenbrum, the the starring debut of Anna Cobb, the fantastically creepy and unsettling, we're all going to the World's Fair. 
Now, this is a movie about a girl who's alone in her attic and in her house as mm-hmm. she descends deeper and deeper into the world of an of an online role-playing horror game. And she begins to document and film the things that are happening to her or that she's just performing as. And it's you know the, what? This the barrier is... between reality and falsehood and between what it was like to be engaged with these online horror immersive things as a child mm-hmm. is put so beautifully on display. And it's all on the back of this actress, Anna, Anna Cobb, who gives, I, I, I genuinely think the best performance of any actress in 20, 2022. Mm. It is, it is I, difficult to describe how, how intense this movie is, especially because I was deeply invested in these, online horror worlds as a kid yes like yeah. this was this was something that i was like directly involved with oh um, so it does hit, know, it hit home it hit home in a big way which i think is part of why and it, it genuinely surprised me i don't think anyone has ever accurately captured the like this i feel like if you never watched any of these args or were mm-hmm. never engaged with any of these like early online horror engaged role-playing games that were very prominent on YouTube and across the internet in like the early to mid two thousands. This is really the only way you'll ever get to experience what that felt like. Mm, And okay. Could you give me a little, little sense of that? Like what, what do you mean by online? Like maybe I'm too old for that. Okay. So (laughs) in, in, so you know who Slenderman is, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're talking about like that. Okay. Yeah. But so in the Slenderman world, I've talked about it pretty, pretty prolifically across the podcast, but, um, in, in the, the two thousands, we had the explosion of the Slenderman world. Um, and alongside that, we saw a massive boom especially through YouTube of on of alternate reality games. Now mm. alternate reality games are a form of interactive role-playing game um, that, that is carried out in reality through, through platforms like Twitter, through YouTube videos where the role play is clearly occurring by the characters, but it is played as if it is completely real as if the alternate reality being presented by the documentations is a real aspect of the world and in these regards, it, it implied that those who lived outside of the game who were, who were watching it actually were real viewers of something really happening. And in many times, it required direct interaction intervention from fans from around YouTube and on and Twitter for things to actually change in the story. So sort of like a real life situation where you are actually the VIP in, let's say, the movie Hostel. Kind of, is it yeah. kind of like that? Wow. You're, you're, you're. We, we were part of the story being told, um, Ooh, but okay. we, we were just. It's like you know, it's like D and D, but played with a million people over the internet, and none of, and everyone's invested. Oh, and, interesting. And and, and infamously went to infamously became very difficult, and a lot of these creators got their careers. Um, stymied or ruined by the killings that occurred because of Slenderman in Wisconsin. Um, and it, it completely soured and stained the reputation and the impact that these horror creators had. Now we have, we have modern people doing it. Um, yeah. Daniel Mullins, the, uh, the creator behind the game inscription, 
um, is known for utilizing and actually taking a lot of influence from the aesthetic of these ARGs, um, which, you know, the big three of the Slenderverse ARGs were um, Marble Hornets, uh, Everyman Hybrid, and Tribes 12. Um, each of those has their own caveats and deeper stories, but that are too, too extensive to get into now. Um, but those three, um, creators or groups of creators really set a tone for the, this kind of immersive tech ingrained experience. If you, if you Monty as someone who's outside of this culture that I was so embroiled in want to kind of get an idea of what it felt like, yes, you need, you see this movie and it's, it's. I, it's right. it's truly you know even for how unique and interesting everyone everywhere all at once is this mm-hmm. movie is truly unique it could only uh. it could have only been made by a, a very few select people and is pulled off by a in my opinion career defining a first role um yeah it's the best it's the best horror movie of 2020 2022 it is utterly creepy it, it in all trends has a 90 percent critic rating on imdb on rotten tomatoes and a 28 percent audience rating um and it is available right now on hbo max so, so what's the plot so with this film um it's, <laughs> uh <laughs> so it follows a character named uh harper or named casey sorry as she sits alone in her house, like browsing the internet and falls deeper and deeper into an online role-playing game. And the movie kind of documents her um, fall into this world while another character, another person who's also engaging with the game begins to augment with her as she begins to lose the, uh, her grasp between like the reality and the dream of the immersive world but the question, uh, the question okay. is, is how reliable of a narrator is she? Oh, so it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a, oh man, like if you put it into reality, like remember that whole Pokemon Go thing that goes on? Like, I know it's yeah. not exactly like it, but it but was it's, like crazy. Like it's global. Everyone's yeah. doing it. Everyone's all glued to their phone. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a modern day telling of, the addiction of you know the the, the yeah, online the addiction, world right? the addiction but the it's it's less the addiction and more the power of the escape mm. the the depths by which you can fall in and become a part of this alternate reality through the immersiveness of these of these videos of these challenges you know and in 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 the in the in the movie there's this thing called the world's fair challenge yeah. Um, where you have to do a certain thing and that's and film it and that's part of joining the world of the, you know, of the, the online role playing, the fantasy. And in real life, with uh the example of Everyman Hybrid, which was probably the most interactive ARG we had in early YouTube, um, there were things that the characters in the story told the audience to go and do, and there are like hundreds of people that went and did it. You know, there are people that went and read poetry out loud in public or screamed in the streets or did all these actions who traveled into the middle of the woods, who spent hours and hours decoding documents, unlocking websites, scrubbing source code. You know, people became 
deeply immersed in these worlds and this movie captures that i it's i don't know this is one of those movies that is like genuinely like personally impactful it sounds like a black mirror episode or something like almost that, yeah, yeah kind of it's all right. we'll watch it this october in our 31 films of of, of Halloween, Halloween? Which we'll talk yeah. about next month next week All um right. this will be one of the movies that uh mr monty is going to have to watch and same with okay. ben i'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna make this is this is one of those <laughs> I, I like i don't know this i take this movie seriously if that makes sense like to put like my pretentious elitist hat on for a moment like yes to me this movie is important which okay. which is why i bumped it above it's the only reason it got bumped above everything everywhere all at once, which I also think is a very important film. And let's, let's jump back to that. Arguably the top movie of the year. in a lot of people's, in a lot of people's regard, the incredible second film by the directing and writing duo. Huh? First for me. Oh yes. The, the second mate, the second released film, but the first were actually you and many others yeah. of the incredible directing duo, the Daniels, uh, they which have is a Dan very Kwan unique... and Daniel Schutert. Yes. And they have a very unique eye and, um, and, 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 and they're not afraid to also become very imaginative and, yes. and put it to film. In their this films. is, this is a movie of pure fantasy. Yes, this everything the everywhere of all fantasy. at once. Yeah, and it yeah. gets there. It's it's so so Monty, can you tell our audience what this film is about? Yeah, it's Sorry. it's gonna be tough, but yeah. it is a film that you know it is about you know uh, you know a, a a a wife that is you know struggling with her reality and you know coming to age of being an old woman um, mm-hmm. played by legendary michelle yo i've yeah, grown yeah, up watching yeah. her films especially in asian cinema like Mich- she can michelle, really kick ass michelle so. yo awakened a lot of things in a yada young man and <laughs> and she still got it michelle yeah. yo could crush the goddamn universe no she, you know what this film actually defined her as an actress as she mm-hmm. said or as an actor too right like it's just like she is not just known for her action films and all that she is capable of doing drama comedy uh you know science fiction this hits everything right and well it's it is really this is like this movie is simultaneously pretty much every genre of filmmaking yeah so it's kind of like so going back to the plot is she's she realized you know like her life is just in in such a turmoil that you know she she's questioning like you know is this it or you know this is it this is my life situation my husband wants to divorce me everything is going out of of chaos my daughter is you know is gay but you know in in the asian culture family this is frowned upon um so she's dealing with all these issues and all of a sudden she gets pulled into this uh, uh universe situation where she is the key to you know saving the world saving the universe and and also being pulled in by her husband from another uh, uh, from another multiverse. universe, yeah, from another multiverse. Who is like, I guess I, the the way I got it was, I guess someone whom she 
wanted that that has that ex, uh, bit of excitement and uh, that she's yeah. looking for in life. She's the right? he's the version of her husband that she wishes she had married. He, yeah, that's right. And um, and yeah, it's, so and it's played it's, by you know the incredible Ki uh, Ki Hu Huan. Yes, um, who is short round. A, 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 a short round. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and Data was, from Goonies. And Data, yeah. That. And this was his return to cinema. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he he was in he was in a movie in 2002, and then was in a movie in 2022. I know. And did you hear recently? He actually got uh, at the is it San Diego Comic Con or which one? Uh, he got to meet his old colleague. Oh, really? Mr. Harrison Ford, and they took a picture together. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And he's apparently going to be, I just saw this, he's going to be one of the main characters in the in season two of Loki. Oh, right. Yes. I didn't even know. He's cast in like every episode, so he's going to be in it. I hope so. Uh, you know what? I just hope he doesn't get stuck in that. Just because he yeah. did a multiverse movie, he's now in a multiverse. He's now the multiverse you know, guy. You know what? I really want to see. I was. I hope, and I know he has shown interest in returning a short round because we be do cool. know the next Indiana Jones is going to be his la- Harrison Ford's last, and yeah, he's going to be passing the nervous. torch. And I hope that they Passes would give a short round, short round back, like because in the in the novels he did eventually become a, a adventurous himself yeah. um, he graduated from university in america and you know he went on to his own adventures and oh cool you know though that they they touched about his character in the novels the indiana jones novels but they never expanded and it's i feel if it's a great opportunity like to to like expand that like blow up the indiana jones verse and you know see what goes on right and i'm pretty sure it's on disney's thing because they're already doing (coughs) sorry different versions of uh you know all the classic star yeah there's no way there's no way they won't have him in there now yeah yeah but yeah even just for his because of because of his like in the in in, for for a return to cinema he does an incredible job in this film i think this film, I think for a lot of people, similar to Parasite, um, gave people a lens into these Asian actors and, and didn't put them in like stereotypical roles. Yes. Like this movie, yeah. this movie could have could have had characters that looked like anything, but the writing and the characterization is so genuine and so well done yeah. that it, it and, you know, that's part of what, you know, why he left cinema was because he felt that he was that all Asian actors in Hollywood were typecast into one kind of movie and one kind of role. And that like disheartened him and made him not want to be in cinema, but it was movies like crazy rich Asians. And um, that specifically brought him back. And yeah. he came back with a goddamn tour de force. Yes. Yeah. Like I, and yeah. And, and to just get upon this film, I know there's mm-hmm. probably not many people out there that have seen this. And the best way I would, uh, I would say, uh, you know, get you prepared on the you know to see the world through the daniels uh daniels (laughs) lenses you have to check out their music videos because they're known for their wacky wacky music videos like uh turn down for what and i think there's another one that i saw that was kind of very interesting and and they're just very creative guys that that puts a spin and and it's again this is like what we talked about this is very original yeah hyper original yes um like there aren't really any other there are like 
their two big feature lengths movies that people know them for are Swiss Army Man and Everything Everywhere All At Once. Yeah. Both of them are fantastical, magical movies that defy really any any definition because they are so unlike anything else. They are. And I have to add to that, that point, Matt, is that it is also what cinema is all about. It's yeah. imagination telling a story in such a, Deeply in a good visual. way. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and like just going through that fantasy of, you know, like what if this happened or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Happened. But yeah, like this film is just like, I had so much fun watching this. I know it is not for everyone. It, it, it does. It is an acquired taste. Um, but before I wa- went into this film, I have to say, even the, 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 the fight choreographers, the, the oh, martial, yeah. martial club guys, oh my God, they're like booming. They're like doing yeah. the Shang-Chi stuff. And well, like, across, yeah. across <laughs> the film, the, 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 the view of it is incre- like the action in it, the performances, the movie is so every single frame of this movie has something important in it. Yes. Oh, there's, and there's, there's a lot of homage of- too to other uh, films too, as well, right? Like especially Asian cinema. In, in yeah, it's a big influence. Um, yeah. Oh man, it's it's again. This is another movie that's really kind of hard to talk about in much depth <laughs> because of the sheer amount of stuff that goes on and like it, it the this it's I, without explaining the whole movie. Michelle Yeoh's character is able to embrace the life and skills of herself from across the multiverse yes. and why she's able to do that. And, and the reason it's happening, I don't want to give away, but they took that opportunity to tell a multiversal story and yeah. did it better and, and did what, you know, this, this movie, you know, in the Mount, uh, the multiverse of madness, another uh, multiversal movie we saw this year. In the mouth of madness. In the mouth of madness, the, well, the, the, the doctor strange. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, Doctor, okay, okay. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness wished it could be this movie, um, and its yeah. portrayal and usage of the multiverse because it it's a movie of pure balls. You know, like there is no restraint. They yeah. they go for everything. I will say one thing: the movie does kind of end four times. It's got Return of the King syndrome, yeah. where they need to like wrap up each individual like tone and thread of the of the story. So yeah. that the, by the time you get to the movie, it's ended like four separate times. <laughs> yeah, but it's well, still that's great. the thing. It, it's yeah. it's kind of like uh, closing the pages, closing up pa- the pages of the book. Yeah, it doesn't close in one shot. You just like yeah. all the pages come together, and they have to end. They have to end it in a in a certain yeah. way. That's that's the interpretation I got from it, which I thought was kind of uh, very genius in in that sense. But yeah. I have to say, yeah, this film is like. If you want like fantasy that you know hits, you know touch upon like because how many of us out there like doesn't think what is it like out there like what am I like in another universe? Am I successful? Am I yeah? Am I you know suffering through some worse time? Worse times that are worse than what you're currently going yeah. to you know it's kind of that right? So. Well, and they they even say in in uh, Key's character uh, Wayman says to uh, Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn that. In the multiverse that we meet her in, this is the multiverse where she's made all of the wrong choices. Yes. Where, like, she, she this is the universe where she's made every possible mistake and is mm-hmm. basically living her worst life. Um, yes. And, like, and she has to, like, deal with that and deal with being able to know how things could have changed and come to yeah. terms with 
what it means to be who she is in her own world, which I think is yeah. an incredibly important aspect to the plot of the story. It is. It's to, it's to, you know, it's never too late to be yep. who you want to be. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the moral of a lot of um, yeah. the Daniels's message. Like in in Swiss Army Man, it's really just about being your yourself and how you shouldn't feel. You should be a, you should be proud of the power you have by being yourself. Yes, exactly. Uh, and this movie also has a bit of that in it. it a lot of that in it. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. that's well, you know, I think we got this, through a lot. This, this podcast was a bit of everything, everywhere, all at once. That is true. Um, I agree. To to recap, my top five. Ooh, let's see if I can remember this because I closed the tabs. Um, <laughs> were uh, X. Uh, this might not be in order. Were were Ty West X. Um, Alex Garland's me- uh, Alex Garland's Men, um, The Northman by Robert Eggers, um, Everything Everywhere Every Everything Everywhere All at Once by The Daniels, and my film of the year so far, uh, Jane Schroedberg's uh, uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh. Um, so Monty, we could recap what were those top five again? Should and everyone should go and check out all ten of these movies. Yeah, it's definitely um, we started off with the Batman, uh, which is Matt Reeves, right? Yep, so, Matt Reeves, yeah, incredible. And then, oh jeez, I think I lost track <laughs> of all my films. All right, let's, uh, let's see. Uh, let me see. Oh, you, you, you wrote it down. I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to say the what is it? <sighs> Jeez. Where'd you write it down? There's <laughs> so much movie. I thought I wrote it down. I, oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. the Batman, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The yes. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, yes. um, Prey, uh, and... Prey, and The Sadness. The yeah, Sadness, like, yeah. A great, yeah. A great inclusion there. It's, uh, yeah, I have to, you know, you know me being the, the Asian our, correspondent. Our Asian correspondent, I gotta, yes. I gotta throw an Asian film in there, I have to say. So... Yeah, no, definitely check it out. Uh, you know, the give us your thoughts and, and feedbacks and comments, and yeah, you know, and let us know your us top five. Yeah, let us know on Instagram on on any other social medias what your top five of the year are so far because we got tons of great movies uh, coming ahead of us. Uh, in in fourth times the charm news, I the I think our biggest one of the my personal favorite parts of the year is coming up in October. Not only. Will we be watching 31 films in October, all of all of which will be ho- uh, different horror or Halloween-based themed movies? Um, but I personally will be attending the 2022 Music Box of Horror. Um, nice. Shout out to the Music Box of Horror and the Music Box Theater in Chicago. Um, l- let me let me hit you with some of these movies because this year, Monty, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen. Um, which isn't always the case. Um, and th- this time, actually, there's a lot of movies I don't even ne- recognize off the top of my head. I so, wish I was there in Chicago with you, man. Yeah, we have Martise <clears throat> in Hell, which is a 1925 silent film with a live score. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Uh, 1974's The Devil Times Five. 1983's The Killing of Satan. Uh, 1988's <laughs> Flesh Eater. Um, the, the, the part, this is the portion of the night that I am the most excited for right here. We go, uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser two. Um, mm-hmm. then we go into Ernest scared, stupid, um, <laughs> followed by the original blade. And then, nice. and then following that up yet again is the 99 classic idle hands. Um, oh, yeah. 
We have Computer Heart, which is getting back to movies I don't know. It's a 38-minute short film. We have Night of the Hunter, which is a classic 1955s horror movie that I've been wanting to see for a long time. Um, and then we end, we round out the the night with the triple the triple flow of the Blood for Dracula, which is a 1974 uh, form film with a live Q and A from the director. Um, oh our, wow, he's not, there! Oh, not the director, amazing. actually the I think the main actor, uh, Paul Morrissey. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, from Uda Kier. Oh, um, I know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. in a, he's, he's in he's play as well. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be there to do an interview about his film that he's in blood for Dracula. Yeah. And, and then we end, we have the Oracle from 1985 and we end the night with the 2008 semi short, semi full length film, twilight syndrome dead go round, uh, which is a Japanese, um, video game, horror amusement park movie really what what's it well, called again? it's called twilight syndrome dead go around here i'll send you the all right, page all to right. It now. i'll check it out and we'll talk about all of these movies when we get there this will actually be not my first time attending the music box of horror mm-hmm. and it won't be my second time and it, <laughs> and it won't even be the third time it will actually be the fourth time that i'm going to see the music box of horror and hopefully this year the fourth Time will be the charm. Good night. Good morning. Follow us on Instagram and have a wonderful day, everybody. Monty. Talk to y'all later. Goodbye, everyone. Follow us on Instagram and hit us up. Goodbye. I'd just like to add Monty's right, Matt's wrong, and Barbarian is the scariest film I have ever seen. Uh, Good night and good morning!